I'm going to uh, speak to you today about Psalm 34. Well, let's, uh, let's start with a prayer. Father, we just ask that your word would be spoken with truth, and uh, Father, that you would anoint it, that you would bring it into life, and that you would make it meaningful to those who are here this morning. And that, Father, each one of us would receive from you that portion of it which is for us individually. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my uh, sermon this morning is I was a nobody, but I prayed, and the Lord saved me from all my troubles. I was a nobody, but I prayed, and the Lord saved me from all my troubles. This title is taken from Psalm 34, as you may guess. It's the message translation. But as we have read it in the NIV, you can see that the meaning is pretty much the same. And I just sense this morning that there are some of you out there who need to hear the message that you may consider yourself to be nobodies in the eyes of the world. However, in God's eyes, you are his precious children and he cares and loves and delights in you as much as he does in all his other children. God has no favourites. He has no class system. He is not sexist. He is not ageist. It was Philip Yancey in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, who wrote those much quoted words. There is nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there is nothing we can do to make him love us less. And they're true. God loves each one of us with an unconditional love that he will not withhold from us. So let's, <coughs> excuse me, so let's have a look at Psalm 34 and see what it tells us about God's love for us, whoever we are and however we may be feeling about ourselves. It starts off, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. These first five verses are an unashamed praise of and call to praise God our Father and to let others know the goodness of God. And the reason for this exuberant praise answered prayer. We have heard it preached many times and Alex has just led us in prayer about the importance of prayer and how it is our communication link with God. Indeed, Keith was only reminding us a few weeks ago of the importance of prayer in the church. How it's the bedrock of our relationship with God and how we can be sure that God is listening and that he will answer our prayers but in his way, 
his time and perfect according to his will because he's God the author and sustainer of our faith I'm sure if I asked you to each one of us could give testimony about answered prayer and how it has lifted our faith and how as we see answered prayer in our fellowship here it lifts our spirits draws us closer together as a fellowship and builds us up both in our relationships with each other and with God. Also here there's perhaps a hint of what non-Christians see in Christians that make them want to know more. That phrase, those who look to him are radiant, their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man, this nobody, as the message puts it, called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. He delivers them. This poor man, this nobody, is that you this morning? Is that how you feel? Just because we're Christians does not mean we are always on the mountaintop. Far from it, there are times in our lives when we can and do feel just like the psalmist here. A poor man or woman, a nobody, that no one, least of all God, wants to have anything to do with. If that's you this morning, I want to say, as I did at the beginning, that God loves you. God loves you with an everlasting and unconditional love. It's not dependent on how you feel, or how far away from him you are, or indeed how close. It doesn't depend on how many good things you've done this week, or this month, or this year. It does not depend on whether or not you're mad with God. And we can be sometimes. Some of us don't like to admit it, but sometimes we can get mad with God. It does not depend on anything of you at all. Because God, in his infinite grace and mercy, sent Jesus to take your sins... <laughs> bless you, to take your sin upon his shoulders, to die in your place on the cross and to rise again on the third day. And he is even now sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you, each and every one of you. He's sitting there interceding. If you have truly acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, then God can do nothing but lavish his love upon you for at least two reasons. He does not see you as you see yourself. 
He does not see you as you see yourself. He sees you as perfect because you are in Christ through your salvation. Therefore, God sees you as he sees his son Jesus and wants to lavish his love on his child, which is what you've become through adoption into his family. As I've mentioned in previous sermons, this adoption which is talked about in the Bible is not just the signing of a piece of paper. It is an intimate adoption where you take on the same rights as Jesus, the same father, the same inheritance rights. And that was hugely, hugely important to the Jewish people. So Jesus knew what he was saying when he used this particular word for adoption. He wasn't saying, we're going to sign a piece of paper and I'm going to bring you up as my son. He was saying, I'm going to sign a bit of paper and I'm going to take you as if you were born of me and you will have every right that any son or daughter that is born of me will have. And that was hugely, hugely controversial in those days. But that's what Jesus said. That was the word he used for adoption at that time. It's just as if you'd been born as a son of God or a daughter of God. And you are, without question, his child. Second reason. Love isn't something that God invented one day in the same way as he created the heavens and the earth. God didn't decide one day to lavish love upon you and upon his people because he thought it was the right thing to do. God's very essence is love. It is his nature and his being. He can do nothing other than love you because He is love. God is love. So if you feel as the psalmist that you are a nobody, a poor man or woman that no one cares about or wants anything to do with, and we can feel like that even in the midst of a loving, caring Christian family, because we're very good, some of us expert at putting on a mask which says we're fine to the outside world. Even those closest to us, whilst inwardly, we are desperate. Desperate because of things that are going on in our lives that we don't know what to do about. If that's you, then as the psalmist, call out to God, I suspect it was a desperate plea from the psalmist who wasn't really expecting God to answer him. The first thing that seems to go when we descend into these darker periods of our lives is our prayer life. We don't believe God is interested in us anymore. Or perhaps that we are praying into thin air and no one is listening. But I would urge you I'd urge you to hang on in there and call out to God. 
It may be in desperation. It may be in anguish. It may be in anger. It may be as a last resort. But call out to him. And you will find as the psalmist that God will answer in his time and in his way. The psalm (coughs) continues. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the broken-hearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. In this last part of the psalm, there is an exhortation from the psalmist to taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist has seen God answer his prayers and now wants to exhort those around him to put their trust in God. There's nothing quite like testimony to answered prayer or God acting in someone's life to encourage and build up the saints. We often encourage you to share testimony with us on a Sunday morning, not to embarrass you, but to hear some of the great things God is doing in people's lives, both the amazing miracles of life-changing events and the small day-to-day miracles that God performs. Both are amazing in their own right, and are so encouraging to the rest of us of how God's hand is at work in our lives. Here, the psalmist is encouraging those around him concerning the fear of the Lord, something which perhaps we don't do often enough nowadays, and we end up with a gospel of accommodation, trying to please everyone but God. And his instructions, read the fear of the Lord, are those that we as Christians should be aspiring to anyway. Keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 
take note that they are all actions that we need to take. This is not a passive relationship we have with God, but a partnership where each of us plays our part to develop the relationship, to journey together along the path of righteousness. As we have heard many times, we are all at different stages of that walk. The amazing thing is that God knows us so intimately that this morning he knows exactly where each one of you are on that walk. And perhaps even more amazingly, he knows what it is that you individually need to receive from the choruses, the prayers, and indeed the word that I'm bringing this morning. That's how great our God is. We are all singing and hearing the same choruses and prayers And I'm preaching the same message to each of us. But God will be ministering to each of us differently through those three things because he knows what you need and will emphasize different things to you because he's a great God and he cares passionately, passionately about each and every one of us and our needs. Finally, I want you to notice that there is recognition within the psalm that our paths will not be smooth and carefree because we have a relationship with God. Quite the contrary, I'm afraid. It says... He delivers them from all their troubles. So we can assume that at some point we're going to have troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So we can assume that at some point some of us are going to be brokenhearted. The Lord saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's amazing how many conversations I have with people who have stopped coming to church because something happened in church that really crushed their spirit. And it wasn't anything of God. It was something that happened because of people within the church. We may look upon ourselves as good, wholesome Christians, but doesn't make us any different to anybody else. We can still be nasty and spiteful and horrible on occasion. We may not mean it. We may. But the number of conversations I've had with people who used to go to church and left because of something that happened within that congregation. We need to be praying continually against that. We need to be continually praying for the unity and fellowship of this congregation. Because if we allow Satan the space, he will bring disturbance. He will bring disruption. We need to be on our guard. We need to be praying continually for protection, as Alex was this morning, 
of those who are in leadership, those who are in ministry, those who are leading ministries, and for ourselves. We are all priests and prophets together. We're all equally important, as I'm expressing this morning, in God's sight. So we need to love and care and pray for each other. Otherwise, we will end up with people who are crushed in spirit. And that is such a sad, sad thing. We don't need people outside to antagonize the church. We've got enough people inside who can do that. We need to guard against it. It also says, a righteous man may have many troubles. <clears throat> so don't think just because you've become a Christian, the world is going to be a bed of roses. It's not. Note also that it does not say that the Lord answered their prayers just as they wanted. It doesn't say that. As we cry out to God in our problems and troubles, we need to trust him to know what is best for us as he answers our cry. It may be that sometimes the answer we want and the answer God has are one and the same. Which is brilliant. And is obviously God's good and perfect will for us. But sometimes, the answer God gives is not the one we're expecting. And it is then difficult to accept. We try to say it's not of God, even though we know it is. We continue to look for an answer, even though we know we've got it. And God, because he's given us free will, allows us to do that. But at the end of the day, we are only deceiving ourselves. And it's only when we accept God's answer, even if we don't like it, that we will find that peace which passes all understanding. So, to summarise... God loves you in every circumstance and however you may be feeling because he can do no other to a child of God. If you cry out to him, he will answer you. He promises it in his word. We may not always like the answer that God gives. But we need to trust him, that it is his good and perfect will for us. And finally, God loves each one of us so much that he is walking our individual journey of faith with us. Feeding us at every stage of the way with the milk, bread or meat that we need at that particular time. He will never leave us until that journey is complete. John 10, 27 and 30 says, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, 
No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling like a poor man today, or a poor woman, a nobody, remember, God loves you and will always love you and wants the very best for you. Cry out to him and he will, he will hear the cry of your heart and deliver you. Amen.